SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Warning. The following program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like, especially when it comes to your love of sports, entertainment, and even your own morning culinary experiences. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. So whether it's here in New York or whether it's in Boston, you know, that's how popular Tom Seaver was. And to think that the Mets allowed this guy to get away from them, not once again, but twice, is just a head-scratcher. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Friday, September 4th. Yours truly sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, B-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls again right here on a Friday, September 4th. Bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Well, how do you leave a man that wide open? NASCAR says stay clean or else. Are you blind? Are you ready to play some ball? Are you ready to lead, Kim? Are you ready to put down the bong? This makes no sense. Uh, this makes sense for the Cowboys. Are the Heat and Bucks front runners for the Greek freak who's really not Greek? All-time great comeback in tennis. And uh, Aroid complains about cheating. Isn't that ironic? We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here. It's a Bagels and Bad Beats on a Friday, uh, September 4th. And a disappointing Friday indeed if you are a Boston Celtic fan. Boy, it has been a rough go for Boston fans. Uh, whether it's the Celtics uh, losing last night the way they did, which we'll get to here in a second, whether it's the Bruins getting eliminated in the postseason, whether it's the debacle known as the Boston Red Sox who lost again last night, challenging for the worst record in baseball wow it's it's been a it's been a couple of uh, tough days for for uh, boston fans for sure and then of course they find out that tom brady gets one more weapon in leonard Fournette earlier in the week as well so adding insult to injury i suppose if you're a boston sports fan for sure so we'll get to it all uh the nba i'd say just create just a disappointing performance if you're a boston Celtics fan in that boy you had that game one you just had that game one it happens, though, but it shouldn't. It really shouldn't in the postseason, especially with the boy cheese on the sidelines. Bagels and bad beats, phone calls coming up all on a Friday morning with your food. Scott Wetzel. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Smart's going to stay behind, taking anybody coming to the ball. Series on the line, Adonomi got it off, there it goes! Did it count is the question! OG Adonobi buries a triple at the... 
Just an absolutely great pass by Kyle Lowry. Let's TNT with the call there. Bagels and bad beats on a Friday morning, 844-843-6879. We'll hit the phones here in a little bit. But Toronto, uh, on that shot by OG and Anobi at the buzzer, lifting the Raptors to a 104-103 victory. This after Boston had just taken the lead with .5 seconds left on a dunk. And uh, the three-pointer goes in, and the Raptors win it. How about that? And then afterwards, uh, Maybe we'll hear from Jalen Brown because he's got F-bombs all over the place in a post-game press conference saying it was an effing disgrace. Terrible, no excuse for it. Uh, ridiculous, uh, can't take your foot off the gas as we did, blah, 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 blah. we got to be ready for game four, uh, which is coming up on Saturday, I do believe. And listen, he's 100% right. I mean, how do you leave a man wide open? And I know Van Dumby Jr. there said it was a great pass, and I suppose it was in that they were throwing over seven foot five Taco Bell, but... Uh, Ananobi was wide, wide, wide open. It's not like the Tom Brady pass into double coverage and he split the defenders. I mean, he had 15 feet on the nearest guy. He wasn't just open. He was wide open. I mean, how is that possible? I don't know. It, it, and it just came after a timeout. You know, I could see if it's in the flow of play. Okay, you get confused. You're running back on defense, and uh, one guy calls one guy, and the other guy calls the other guy. They get confused. They can't hear, but they just had a timeout. Toronto called a timeout after that Celtic shot. I mean, how don't you, if you're the boy genius on the Celtic sidelines, don't you tell everyone, all right, go out there and you pick a man. Okay, Jalen, you got this guy. Jason, you got this guy. Joe Schmo, you got this guy. I mean, how isn't that said on the Celtic sideline? I mean, it's just absolutely bonkers. And then when you get out on the court, you're not matching up. I mean, geez, I tell my fifth, sixth grade girls basketball team, go match up. Figure out who you want to guard and get it done. I mean, it's just it's idiotic to think this guy didn't like come off a screen or really even like seemingly like coming off a, a pick and roll or he just ran the baseline. I mean, they just left the wide freaking open. I mean, how is that possible? The guy goes six, you know, seven, six, eight, whatever he is. He's as big as a house, and you, you don't see him. You, you leave him wide open, running the baseline, and he ends up running to the corner. Oh, just horrible. Just, just absolutely horrible. And, and then it was a three-pointer, no less. I mean, the Celtics were up two. It was 103-101. I mean, even if they gave up a two-pointer, you know, the game goes to overtime. The guy had the presence of mine, great job by him, to run the baseline wide open, get in the left corner, stand behind the three-point arc, which is only, you know, maybe about a foot, foot and a half from the uh, the corner and out-of-bounds line, set his feet and get a ball that is thrown high in the air, catch it, set, release, all within 0.5 seconds. And watching the replay, I didn't think originally it was, but watching the replay, he got it off. You know, 0.5 seconds is, relatively speaking here, a long time. But you'll not any way to catch the basketball and throw it up there as it just, just did leave his hand, you know, with 0.1 second left. So give Toronto a lot of credit. Uh, they were trailing in this game. Uh, Boston, it was a good back and forth game. No one really was in control. But, uh, you know, the last five minutes or so, the Celtics seemed like, you know, had that three to six point lead and they were going to be able to hold on on that dunk there with 0.5 seconds left. And and they could and they could. But it's tough. Now, if you're Boston, now you have to win five of the seven games. What do I mean by that? They lost. They did lose. And it's not like they out, out, outplayed Toronto. I'll grant you that. And it's not like the, the Celtics aren't capable of winning five of the seven. But in essence, 
they left that court as losers, but they won the game. You know, they, they were leading it 103-101. For all intents and purposes, they won game three, but they lost on the scoreboard. So now they're only up two games to one, even though in their brain, we've outplayed them for three games. We should be up 3-0. So now you got to still win two more games. So now you got to outplay them five out of the seven games. That's tough to do. Now, in this case, the Celtics are capable of doing it. I mentioned in the in the uh, Mavericks Clippers series, I didn't think Dallas was because they really should have won Game One uh, with or without Porzingis. They were in a position to win it, and they blew it down in the stretch, which meant they were going to have to outplay the Clippers in essence four more times on top of the one game that they lost. Dallas was not capable of outplaying the Clippers five out of seven. Boston is at least capable of outplaying Toronto five out of seven. I thought they were going to sweep. I really did. Uh, and they were in a position to do so, so it's not as damaging for the Celtics to blow a game like this, but it's tough. You know, you walk off the court thinking you won the basketball game, and that, that emotionally that that's hard to get over. It really is. I, I think Boston will. We'll figure out if Brad Stevens is the boy genius that everyone wants to portray him as, except for me. I might be the lone Celtic fan who doesn't like him. I think he's way overrated, and he's underachieved with this club. And if they get knocked out, if they get knocked out in this second round against Toronto after blowing this, then, boy, you, you'll never convince me he's a great basketball coach. You never will. So they were in a position to win. They had a timeout. They were going over defensive assignments. You would have thought anyway. The guy's been shooting lights out, and you just leave them wide open. I, I don't know how that's possible. I, listen, I was all set. I really was to rip Kyle Lowry and Nick Nurse in Toronto because he was inbound in the play, uh, inbound in the ball. And with 0.5 seconds left, there was no way it was going to be he inbounds it and gets it back to him and, and shoots. So you were taking, theoretically, one of your best players out of the equation by having him inbound the basketball. I don't know why they would do that, but it actually worked out perfectly because he was smart enough, wise enough, and good enough to make the perfect pass. Again, you know, not, not exactly throwing it to double coverage here, but still, he got the job done. He threw it over the seven foot five taco up falls. And uh, put it right on point, and uh, Adobe was there, and he hit the shot. So, But I, I would not have taken Kyle Lowry out of the equation. I just wouldn't have. But I guess they know enough to know that uh, he's he's good enough to do it more than any other player, I suppose, uh, on that team. So, well, just a tough loss. Just a hey, Listen, but it happens, you know. Jalen Brown can go off afterwards, which is not a good sign. You know, it's a good sign that he's upset if you're a Celtic fan. But you don't want it to go over the top like he may have done last night because if he goes over the top then it goes from just being disappointed to having it have a lasting effect on him like he can't like he and maybe the other Celtics won't be able to get over this thing listen they're gonna have to get over it. that's the NBA postseason stuff happens go ask the Philadelphia 76ers last year with Kawhi Leonard I, I mean the last second shots buzzer beaters they do happen you know all the time it's it just you know part of life you know when you're gonna play a close game as the Clippers uh, when the Celtics and Raptors uh, have done these last couple of games you know you're gonna get yourself in a position where you're gonna lose some of these games it's just you know everyone does you would have thought with 0.5 seconds left uh that would have been the ball game but you know here's a great example of why I don't like the NBA even though this is exactly their intention it's a dumb rule for me to be able to call a timeout as Toronto did after that Celtic shot, and they get the ball at half court. Why? There's no logical reason except they want buzzer beaters. That, that's it. I mean, that, that is the lone reason. Because if Toronto calls a timeout after the Celtic dunk with 0.5 seconds left, and they have to inbound the basketball underneath their own basket, 
you know, unless they're the U.S. Russians against the uh, the United States back in the 72 Olympics, um, they're not winning that game. You know, there, there's no Christian Leitner out there, all right? They're not throwing a, a length of the court pass, catch the ball, spin around, and shoot. It's not happening, all right? It's just not happening. But the NBA being the NBA, they love buzzer beaters. They want these heroic moments. They want these, you know, selling points. And they say, okay, as long as you call a timeout before you inbound the basketball and dribble, you get the ball at half court. You get the ball at half. Not only do you get it at half court, oh, by the way, you get it past half court. You don't even get it near half court. You get it over half court. You get it into, in this case, Celtic territory, if you will. And you're able to make a, you know, a, a play like they made. I mean, it it, it doesn't seem fair. It, it really doesn't. Um, it's almost like you're not even almost. You are. You're punishing the team that just took the lead. So. It, it, you know, why? Because you had a timeout left and you're able to throw it inbounds from half court or less than half court because you had a timeout left. You're giving that an opportunity to team to win the game and, and punishing the team that just took the lead just because they had a timeout. It doesn't it really it's, it's not fair. I've never liked it. I brought this up a gazillion times over the years and the NBA, you know, they got they wanted they, what they wanted. They, they got exactly what they wanted last night, a buzzer beater that could win and they'll show it for the next three days. But it's not fair for yourself to get it. All right, phone calls coming up next. Big with that. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. At the end of the day, you know, we just got to be better as a unit, you know, Regardless of what we was in, you know, we had to guard the three-point line. So that was just a disgrace at the end of the game. That was just terrible. No way we should have lost that game. I take responsibility for that, not just that play, but, you know, a lot of the plays before. It happens. It's the NBA playoffs. Either you, you know, let it, let them gain momentum, or you come back and be ready to play next game. Easier said than done. That's what I'm thinking. Bagels and bad beats on a uh, Friday morning, 844-843-6879. As the uh, Raptors, uh, you know, not face elimination, but could have been down three games to none. And obviously three zip versus two one is big, 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 big. Clippers sailed by Denver 120-97 last night. You know, they were tied after the first quarter at 31. Looked like it was going to be a great game, but then Denver was outscored by 17 in the second, six more in the third. That was your ball game. Never made a run. Clippers take a one nothing best to seven series lead. And you can make the case that maybe it was a tough spot for the Nuggets. They came off that big game seven just two days ago on Tuesday. But you know what? And even head coach Michael Malone said that afterwards. That's weak. That is so weak. You know, you got a bunch of 20-year-olds on your team. You played Tuesday night, okay. He said they got back to the hotel room around midnight Tuesday. Okay, fine and dandy. Now you have all day Wednesday. You have, in essence, all day Thursday because don't forget you're the late game. So you have almost two full days to kind of regenerate things for a playoff game, no less. You know, I mean, not not a first-round game, not a regular season game, 
not a preseason game, God forbid. I get it all, but it's a playoff game against a good Clippers team that you can't afford to piss away any games at all. you got to try and win every single one of these. It's not like you're the favorite. I mean, they were a darn near double-digit underdog last night, and they didn't cover losing by 23. And for the head coach to excuse it as well, our guys are tired. I mean, that's awful. That's freaking awful. You know, you're you're 25, 26, 27 years old, and I don't even think Murray's that old. You're telling me that they can't get ready two days later for a basketball game when you're not hopping on a plane, flying all the way across the country. It's not like they finished the game against Utah and said, all right, we got to fly up to L.A. to go play the Clippers, or we got to fly back east, or we got to fly to Denver. I mean, they're right there in Orlando. I I mean, they go back to their hotel rooms Tuesday night. They got all freaking day Wednesday to relax and chill out and celebrate their victory. Then they got all day yesterday in the afternoon to kind of regenerate things and get ready for the Clippers and go over some assignments and blah, 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 blah. I mean, you got two full days. You're in your freaking 20s to piss away a game like that after, oh, by the way, you actually played fairly well for one quarter. That's awful. Uh, that, that is brutal. Denver starters combined for just 57 points, only 12 from Jamal Murray. They're not going to win this series. You, you just can't, you know, piss away a game. You, you just can't. Patrick Beverly did return for the Clips. He had nine points. Kawhi Leonard had 29. 15 straight game, 15 straight playoff game for Kawhi Leonard of 20 points or more. Now, I, I know this is what I'm about to say is nothing earth shattering here, but man, he is, I, I'm not going to say by far, but he is the best player in the NBA. You know, when you consider everything, uh, age, experience, playoff experience, championship rings, um, you know, attitude, demeanor, you're starting a team, he's hands down. It's not Kawhi. It's not the Greek freak who's really not Greek. It's not the John Moran who won the Rookie of the Year yesterday. It's not, you know, anybody else. You are starting absolutely with Kawhi Leonard. He is just terrific. You know, we rip on players all the time that don't perform in the postseason, i.e. James Harden, i.e. Russell Westbrook, and a bunch of others. This dude, he is just phenomenal. I mean, 29 points, carried the team. Uh, Paul George is, is supplying basically nothing, uh, at least not to what he was in the regular season. It's up to Kawhi, and I don't know if he's got it all to be able to do that for the next three more rounds, but 15 straight playoff games of 20 points or more, that really is phenomenal. He is terrific. When you when you size up what he does on the offensive end, you know what he can do on the defensive end, what he does during these playoff games, He's got not one but two championship rings. He carried a franchise Toronto basically to a title last year. He now, do I like the way he handled things in San Antonio? No, I don't. I, I thought he was absolutely wrong on that. Um, it's his right to be able to leave, but it's not right for them to force a trade him and his his, uh, his camp, if you will. Uh, it's not right to sit down with Popovich as much as I'm not a great Popovich fan. Uh, but it's not right the way he was mistreated, um, uh, mistreating Popovich and not not even speaking to him in the end. Uh, when all he wanted was just to sit down and figure out what was going on. So, that you know, there's always a little caveat to everybody, I suppose, and that's Kwai's. But when you just consider on the court what this guy brings to the table, the no-nonsense attitude, the no me, 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 the no show building, the no pointing at myself, the no three fingers, there's no gun to the head, Camelo Anthony, there's just, let me go play ball. Where do I stand? Where do I shoot? And where do we celebrate our championship? That's Kwai Leonard. I mean, absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt, he's young enough. I'm starting a team. It is Kawhi Leonard number one. Not the Greek freak, not LeBron, not Anthony Davis, not any of these young dudes that no doubt will be carrying the league for the next 10, 15 years. 
It's Kawhi Leonard. Just just phenomenal. You know, that's a game that, you know, the Clippers haven't played in a long while either. And they had their own tough little series. Now, they've had a little bit more time to kind of regroup. But, you know, he came to play last night. You know, Jamal Murray and the Denver Nuggets did not. And I think it's pathetic for Denver not to show up. You just can't piss away games like they pissed away this game. So, nice job by the Clips. 12097. In case you didn't stay up long enough, Philadelphia uh, on the ice did beat the Islanders 5 4 in double overtime. So they tie that series as three. And Vancouver beat Vegas 4 0. So the Canucks tie that series at three. So all of a sudden, we went from in the NHL two series that looked like they were going to end in five with both the Islanders and uh, Vegas Golden Knights being up three games to one. Both blow the next two games, and we got not one but two game sevens in the NHL. So that should be a lot of fun. So Philadelphia 5-4 and Vancouver 4-0 uh, on the ice. All right, uh, 844-843-6879. Go to, let's go to the phones. Uh, Johnny in Manhattan starts us off. John, welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats on this Friday morning. Hey, good morning, Scott. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? So I'm in the second-guessing business here. If you're Aaron Boone and it's the bottom of the tenth inning, you know Chapman already coughed up the uh, the game basically, or he allowed the Mets to tie it. Tie it. You have a runner on placed on second. There's no outs. Do you pitch to Pete Alonso or do you walk him intentionally? I mean, Alonso hit a two-run homer, so you know 20-20 hindsight's in play. But uh, I, I want to go after the next guy, Scott, who is um, uh, some scrub, you know? Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, right, and you you have to know, yeah, the guy got from the Astros. They have to know that he's not going to be bunting, so you you know he's he's swinging away for sure. So that's one thing that uh, you know you know uh, because a lot of times they would bunt the runner over to third, but they're not going to do it with Alonzo. So uh, am I going to put runners on first and second, and then absolutely put the the Mets in a bunting situation? I know, honestly, John, probably not. I'll take my chance. I, I go after Alonzo. Who's on the hill for the Stanks? Uh, some scrub because Chapman already uh, coughed up the game. I'll double check the box. Let me check it. His name is Abreu. Don't call me Bobby. Yeah, Bobby Abreu Jr. There. Uh, Albert yeah, Abreu. Yeah. I, I honestly, I, although I probably wouldn't. I, I, I you know, what, you, you wanted Walker to what to set up the double play, but they wouldn't. They would have bunted him. They would have bunted him a second and third. So now all of a sudden you got runners at second and you third. You think Marisnik is bunting in that spot, Scott? Oh, absolutely. Tie game, 10th inning, top of the 10th. Yeah, absolutely. You put two runners in scoring Bottom position. Of Bottom of the 10th. Yeah, absolutely. All uh, right. No, no two ways. Scott, about it. Monday, no bagels and bad beats, huh? What's that? Monday, no bagels and bad beats. No, uh, I'm not sure what they're going to run. Um, I, either it's a best of or an older program, or uh, I'm not sure exactly what, to tell you the truth. So, but no, no live. Well, before you let me go, it. Scott. Scott, before you let me go, I can't get you on Monday. Happy birthday to Scott. Happy birthday to Scott. Happy birthday to Scott, even though he's a Red Sox fan on Monday and he's not working. Happy birthday to Scott. Very nice, John. There you go. How about that? Yes, it is my birthday, Labor Day. 844-843-6879. Mr. Peanut in Oregon. Mr. Peanut, welcome to uh, Bagels and Bad Beats. Three days before my birthday. The Pac-10 is a joke. Now why? I can't, well, you I can't see. get off this Pac-10 I stuff. See. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'm not letting this go. I want the conference to disband. I want Larry Scott fired. I want him working at Burger King or in prison. 
he can choose. He's a joke. He's the why most the disgusting angst? human being. Why the what? angst today, or is it just the same old, same old? It's just the same old, same old. They're a joke. They can't get their heads together. You know, he came out and said today that he needs Kevin Warren's guidance, and they need to keep the they need to keep their seasons aligned so they can keep their fake traditions intact. He doesn't even know what the hell he's talking about. He sits in his luxury condo in San Francisco making $3 million a year. He doesn't do anything. He's a bum. He's garbage. He's worse than Aaron Boone, and I hate his guts. I, uh, I uh, okay, uh, Mr. Pila, good job. I did see that where you, I, I'm surprised. I thought maybe you'd be a little encouraged only because the Pac-12 is now saying that they are uh, teaming up with this corporation that uh, is going to have rapid testing for the coronavirus, which in their eyes will allow them to maybe play football because now they can determine whether a guy's got the coronavirus, you know, basically immediately versus having to wait a week, which would create all kinds of issues. So he called it a, a game changer, his own words. Um, so was that really, is that really going to allow them to play football, you know, come, uh, you know, September 20th or uh, even October 1st, where they can still line themselves up with the other conferences? I don't know, but I, I'm surprised uh, that, that the, you wouldn't take that as at least some sign that maybe, just maybe, they're finding a way to get this thing done. I did see where they, they are trying to line themselves up with the Big Ten because of the bowl situation. That I agree with. All right, 844-843-6879. More phone calls coming up on a Friday. Big with that beat. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. That's driven deep down the left field line toward the stand. It's out here. Ah, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Another stanky loss. Wow. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats on this uh, Friday morning. As uh, we approach 41 minutes past the hour, here's Julie Scott Wetzel taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Just put out our poll question in honor of the uh, L.A. Chargers naming Tyrod Taylor their starting quarterback in the Washington uh, football team, i.e. Redskins, uh, naming Dwayne Haskins, who I like as uh, their starting quarterback yesterday. Worst starting QB in the NFL this season will be uh, Chargers' Tyrod Taylor, Miami's Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jacksonville's Gardner Minshew, uh, or the proverbial other. And uh, you feel free to go ahead and name that other quarterback. There's a bunch that we could have put out there, but we're limited to four. And I always like to throw other as part of the equation. So um, we got the three, to me, the main ones, Taylor, Fitzpatrick uh, with my Dolphins, 
and then Minshew with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So go to Opposite Picks or uh, Sports Grid Radio. Hopefully uh, someone's awake and they'll retweet that out. Uh, but it is on my uh, little slate there, so get your vote in, and we'll update that a couple of times uh, throughout the uh, uh, morning. And 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. How about right back to the phones we go. Uh, Richard holding on through the break. Appreciate that. Rich, uh, welcome to uh, Bagels and Bad Beats on this uh, Friday morning. Uh, thank you so much. I don't know what you said, what happened with uh, Kawhi Leonard in San Antonio, but I got a problem with him when it comes to the uh, uh, the Raptors. Uh, he left there. I just didn't like the whole thing. I, I hope that the, uh, the uh, uh, L.A. forgot the last name. Clippers. The, uh, Clippers. L.A. Clippers. I hope the Clippers. I hope the Clippers lose. And it's because of him. Even though you told me he's doing spectacular things, uh, I guess he might be. But I was offended because he left Toronto. They won the championship. It was probably because of him that they <laughs> that he did win the championship. But he was making enough money there. And to leave, to get some more money from the Clippers, I was offended by that. I didn't, I didn't like it, and therefore I hope the Clips lose. And, well, you didn't like you didn't like it uh, because he left, or or Rich, you didn't like it the way he handled it. Like I'll I'll make the case he, he has the right to leave. Now with San Antonio, he had a year left on his contract, so he was holding out despite being under contract. That's why I had the issue with that. Um, you know, could he handle it a little bit better with with Toronto? I mean, yeah, probably, but you know, I'll, I'll just write that off as he wasn't really sure where he wanted to go. He clearly didn't want to stay in Toronto. You know, he was a little misleading in that. But, you know, you just can't come out and say, you know what, I, I don't want to be here. I don't know where I want to go, but I know I don't want to be here. So it is a tough spot for players in those positions. But, um, you know, I, I understand a little bit. If you're a Raptors fan especially, I understand that. I don't think you need to be a Spurs fan to appreciate the fact that I think he treated that one uh, worse. I, I, I don't think he did uh, Popovich and the Spurs any kind of justice at all, uh, the way he Basically, wouldn't play. He wouldn't go to the Spurs team doctors. He wouldn't have a sit down with Pops. I mean, th that was really not very classy thing to, for a guy who uh, wants to represent himself as class and everyone wants to think he's the greatest thing in the world uh, because he doesn't have that me, me, me demeanor. He to me that that's crossed the line. The, the Toronto stuff is just well, that that's a free agent that's trying to decide where he wants to go. Well, I don't know what might give you the idea that he wanted that he didn't like being in Toronto. I'm not a Raptors fan. I'm sort of like you. Well, I'm not like you. I know you said you're not an NBA fan, but I, I, like those games last night, I fell asleep and I missed both of them, and I don't really care. But I hope that I don't fall asleep tonight with the Lakers in Houston because I don't know. It's just uh, LeBron James is playing and. Hard, it's going to be a great game. I hope I don't miss that one. But I don't know what gives you the idea that he didn't, that Kawhi didn't like the Raptors. He didn't resign with them, so he couldn't have loved them. He may not have hated them, but, but he had an opportunity to resign with, you know, with a championship team, and he didn't. So I think it's because the Clippers gave him more money. And I just don't like it when you're making millions of dollars. And you're on a championship team that you have to just leave. Okay, no matter how many million you're making, you need to make two or three more million to go to another team. You're making enough as it is. Be satisfied with what you are. It's not like you're making 100000 and then you go to $2 million 
he was making millions as it is, and then you, you just have to leave, drop the team to go to another one to make another two or three or five million, whatever they do that they don't really need. I just didn't like that at all. I didn't like the way he did it, and therefore I hope if the Clippers play the Lakers, I hope they lose four straight. Yeah. And don't okay, forget Rich, I... could... Go ahead. Go ahead. Don't forget what? Kentucky Derby's, Kentucky Derby's uh, yeah. on tomorrow. Yeah, you know, it's amazing. I appreciate the phone call, Rich. Um, I didn't get a chance last night to do my Kentucky Derby rundown. Um, it, this week just flew by. It's, it's amazing. When you do shows in the morning, like you don't kind of perceive this as Friday just yet for me, even though you know we've been doing this for a couple of months now. Um, I kind of perceive it as Friday's this later on today. I have time to do it later on today. But, you know, with the shows for us being in the morning, you really have one less day to prepare for this. So every year uh, I do this rundown, especially since I used to work the overnights. So every year, you know, I, I do a rundown. It's a series of trends that eliminate horses. And we've hit the last three years. I mean, it's really been on fire. And I was hoping to do it for the Derby this year. And, you know, with the podcast and the morning show and all the pools that we run, I just didn't have time. I just did. I, unfortunately, I didn't have time. So well, I'll give my derby picks on who I think is going to win, but I don't have that trend derby. So unfortunately, derby pick. And then with the derby being in September, it really kind of threw things out of whack here. But, you know, back to Kwai, though. Uh, listen, you can't blame a guy. If it was any other team, maybe I'd appreciate a little bit more, Rich, but it is Toronto. Uh, he's from the United States, and nothing against Toronto. We've got great listenership up there. Um, you know, if the guy doesn't really want to be in Toronto, then, you know, I don't know how you hold that against him. He won a championship for the Raptors. He'll always be beloved. Um, you know, could he have handled it a little bit better, I suppose? But again, you know, it's not like the Spurs situation. If in the back of his mind, he knows, and I don't doubt this for a second that he probably did not want to re stay with Toronto. Um, you know, he would have or could have. He didn't have a horrible experience from what he was saying, but I think he knew all along that he was looking to go elsewhere. So now he's trying to team himself up with his buddies, as he was able to do with the Clippers. And the Clippers came a-calling, and it's Doc Rivers, and they said, hey, we got a couple of slots for you and Paul George, and uh, we already got a nucleus of a halfway decent team. It's L.A. It's a big market. You know, you're not going to play second fiddle to LeBron. If you go to the Lakers, you're not going to play second fiddle to uh, the mystique of the Boston Celtics. If you go there, you know, you're not rebuilding a team if you went to Chicago or the Knicks. So there was a reason why the Clippers did stand out. So I'm not going to blame them for that. You know, again, are, are you going to tell the world, listen, um, I don't know where I'm going, but I know I'm not staying in Toronto. So sorry, Raptor fans. I uh, hate to break it to you, but I'm out of here. I mean, I guess I, he could have done that, I suppose, but that would have been, you know, he would have been viewed as a, as a heel then. So I think he just, you know, he played the, the Raptor fan a little bit, no two ways about it, and uh, always used that as his uh, ace up his sleeve if things didn't work out elsewhere. Like I said, I don't think he would have had a major problem resigning with Toronto, but you can't blame a guy for wanting to come back to the United States and play. That's why it's difficult for Toronto. Now, there is a story that says that um, they're thinking about, or not thinking about, but uh, I guess they're going to try and make a run at uh, Giannis and them and the Miami Heat, according to uh, some sources, are the front runners for the Greek freak who's really not Greek. So, you know, maybe that's what you have to do if you're a Raptor is, you know, you got to get a foreigner. You have to get a guy that, that's coming from, uh, you know, whether it's uh, Greece or whether it's anywhere else that, you know, maybe doesn't have this tie to the United States. He just has a tie to the NBA. That's what they would have to do, I suppose. So, 
Um, <clears throat> that would be interesting if they got, you know, Giannis. I mean, that that really, you know, and after what happened the other day, and if they blow this series, if they can't beat Toronto, I don't know, would that work in his favor? You know, if think about this, Raptor fans. They were talking NBA, you know, free agency here. And Giannis can opt out of the last year of his contract, like he will do. Even if he resigns with Milwaukee, he's going to opt out. So it's a foregone conclusion he'll be a free agent, although not officially. Think about all the heat Kevin Durant took a few years back when he couldn't beat Golden State when it was with OKC. He becomes a free agent, and where does he sign? With Golden State. Remember that? It wasn't that long ago. I mean, he got, and Kevin Durant was as beloved uh, as uh, the Greek freak is. So he got just crucified in the media, going to a team that you can't beat. How weak is that? Um, You know, they won a championship just like Toronto did, albeit with Kwai, but still it was Durant latching on to a championship team. Now, if Toronto beats Milwaukee, doesn't guarantee that they're going to win a championship again this year, but they would have, worst case scenario, won a championship last year, got to the Eastern Conference Finals again this year, and now the Greek freak is going to hop onto that team, you know, kind of like what Golden State did. Remember Golden State, uh, you know, winning a championship, uh, losing the next year, and then signing Durant again, almost identical, almost identical situations with Giannis hops on a team that won a championship two years ago came up a little short the following year and that team knocked you out of the postseason so be careful what you root for Raptor fans I'll throw it out there for you if I told you that if you beat Toronto if you beat Milwaukee this year that will eliminate you in the running for Giannis or if you lose to uh, Milwaukee this year, that would not guarantee, <clears throat> but that would gr- dramatically improve your chances of signing the Greek freak this offseason. Which one would you prefer? Would you rather get to the Eastern Conference Finals, continue to live the dream of maybe winning back-to-back championships, facing, you know, uh, a halfway decent team with, with, with Toronto? Um, you know, or would you be better off losing to Milwaukee in the next round, assuming the the Bucks? I'm going all in the assumption that the Bucks end up, you know, winning over Miami, which I still think they'll do, even though they're down two games to none. Would you rather beat Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals and get to the finals and maybe lose, but there's no guarantee either way, or lose to Toronto, uh, lose to Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals, assuming you beat the Celtics, which I got a funny feeling you're going to now. Um, but then ruin any chance of, of signing Giannis. Interesting. Now, the whole scenario might not come into play if Milwaukee and Toronto don't match up in the finals, but if they do, Eastern Conference Finals, but if they did, that would be interesting. I mean, that would be just identical to Kevin Durant. Just, just identical. Team wins the championship one year, uh, maybe loses in the finals the following year, and you you lost to that team, meaning Milwaukee, and and you're beating Giannis. Are you going to sign on with that team? Don't know, but it would be interesting because I think he would take some heat. I don't think you'd end up taking as much as Kevin Durant did, because um, I don't think people perceive Toronto as being on that same level. But I think he would take some. I definitely think he would take some. But that would be interesting. It really would. All right, eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. We'll close out hour number one. 
uh, in a bit. We'll update our poll question as well. Again, uh, worst starting quarterback in the NFL early on. Good the participation so far. Uh, Gardner Minshew, Jacksonville, leading the way at 34%. And uh, Ty Taylor, next in line at 30, uh, 24%. 844-843-6879. Scott Wetzel on a Friday morning. Bagels and bad news. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Beats on a Friday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern Time. 844-843-6879. We'll open up the phones again. Other half of the uh, top of the uh, after the top of the hour uh, sports bite. Uh, a couple of uh, tweets uh, pertaining to our worst starting quarterback in the NFL this season. Again, uh, Ty Taylor leading away 33%. Minshew now 26. So a little reversal there. When we last left, you hopped on with the 20 or so more votes. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, 14% in the proverbial other at 26. Uh, Steven tweets in, uh, Dwayne Haskins will be the worst of all of them. Could be. Uh, another Steven tweets in, same thing. Haskins, I was considering Dwayne, but I, I think he's going to be halfway decent this year. Uh, CC tweeted in Teddy Bridgewater. Don't know about that down in Carolina, but but perhaps. So uh, get your vote in at Opposite Picks, and we'll update that a couple of times uh, throughout the morning before we are through. Um, uh, Yo, L, what up? <clears throat> okay, uh, tweeted out the, the Chicago Bears quarterback situation. Not bad you know, with Nick Foles and then Mitchell Trubisky, although I, I think um, – the other three are probably a little bit worse than uh, than what Foles might end up being. College football last night, believe it or not, you had both underdogs covering with one winning outright. Both were double-digit underdogs. UAB beat Central Arkansas 45-35, which, you know, they were a 21-point favorite. And I know it sounds goofy to actually have an angle on that, but Central Arkansas, remember, played last week. UAB did not. So that's a huge advantage. So, you know, Central Arkansas to me was the obvious play, even if you didn't know squat about either team, and they do cover losing by just 10, game goes over. Then South Alabama as a 13-point dog won outright at Southern Miss, 32-21. to 21. So you got, uh, what, five more games? I think it is Saturday, one, two, three, four, five, six more if you count UTEP and Stephen F. Austin. So college football is back. How about that? We'll get a full, full slate of games, 2020 version, uh, next weekend. But at least we have some college football this weekend. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 